Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you, and whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you've chosen to listen via the live stream, you can find on ESPNTucson.com. We appreciate you tuning in here to uh, the Tucson's only local morning sports talk show every single weekday here from 7 to 9 as uh, we try to bring you all the best and informative and compelling and entertaining sports news and information for you. And we do appreciate you uh, tuning in here. Uh, The response has been great, and uh, I'm really enjoying seeing you guys. Listen, if you guys see me at the game or whatever, come down. Say hello. Like, if you see me at the basketball game, if you're going to be at McHale Center for some of the basketball games, you can walk right up to the railing there uh, in the section. Just come over and say hello. I would love to meet you guys. Shake your hand. Thank you for listening. Um, And, you know, just get a chance to meet you guys. I don't get a chance to get out. With the you know with the with the crew, I'm not like Justin and Ali, where I get to go out every afternoon and go drink beer and eat wings and watch football. <laughs> I don't get that luxury. I'm stuck here in the mornings when nobody's open for f- beer and wings. So with the chances I do get to meet you guys, I uh, I really cherish those. So come on down, make yourself known, introduce yourself. I would love to meet you. Really, honestly, I mean that. Um, you know, we it's it's. The, the more like the more that I get to know you guys, the better that that you know the better job that, you know my job that comes i can I can do a better job here knowing what my fans are like, knowing what the listeners are like, knowing what people want um you know I just do the best I can here right now and would love to meet you guys and hopefully get to see you guys over the uh, over the the next several weeks and months and uh, and also real soon so hopefully celebrating a wild can win coming up. Uh, we got a home game coming up next Friday night, so big-time matchup against Washington. Should be a good one there as well. All right, let's do this thing. I do my Friday 5 every Friday at 8 a.m., the, uh, in the, first, uh, the first segment of the 8 o'clock hour, and today is no different. So here is this week's, in my opinion, this week's best games, the best matchups in college football. I do not include the Friday games, so we're not going to do Oregon-Cal, not that that's a good game anyways. We're not going to do San Diego State, San Jose State. By the way, a little trivia here for you, by the way, just a little something that kind of in a roundabout way hits close to home. The only team in Division I college football who has not allowed a rushing touchdown this year, it's not Georgia. Georgia's only allowed two touchdowns all year, and it's not Georgia. It's San Diego State. That Aztecs defense is legit. We saw them up close and personal, how good they were. I continue to think about that game and just how good San Diego State was. And they've got some big games coming up. San Jose State, look, Brent Brennan taking a step back. That team is not good right now. And San Diego State's favored by 10 in that game on the road. So San Diego State right now, defense is clicking. And they are the only team in college football who has not allowed a rushing touchdown this season. And I don't think they're going to give up one against San Jose State. So, uh, that streak will most likely continue. Let's begin with a big game. There's there's a lot. This is one of those weeks. Like every week in college football, you're like, okay, this is a rivalry week. This is a cupcake week. This is a big-time, you know, high-ranking teams matching up kind of week. 
This week is what I like to call letdown week. There are a lot of potential letdowns here, situations where a team could beat you twice. You know, you're letting a team beat you twice in the, you know, in the, in the, in the, you know, the vein of what Matt Pittman or um, uh, Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas, you know, after losing 37 nothing to Georgia, is like we can't let Georgia beat us twice and go into Ole Miss and lay an egg. Okay, they found they fought back and were able to resist the letdown, lose the game by one, but that's because they went for two uh, when the timekeeper didn't put enough time on the clock or run enough time off the clock and give Ole Miss the win. Anyway, I digress. But this is one of those letdown weeks, and there's a possibility for a letdown in my first game here. You've got number twelve Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, quietly, and I mean, and I, I mean really quietly. One of the best teams in the country. How in the world did Oklahoma State get here to this particular situation where they're unbeaten and nobody is really talking about them? The the top 12, the number 12 team in the country, and nobody is talking about Oklahoma State sitting there at 5-0. They've got some good wins this year. Um, You know, we saw them them beat uh, Tulsa, which Tulsa has been game in several of their their matchups this year against some big teams. They eked out a win against Boise State on the blue turf. They beat a ranked team in Kansas State. And last week, they beat a ranked Baylor team, in which they hold Baylor to 14 points. So now they're going to go into Austin to play the Longhorns. And, of course, B. John Robinson, who many people right now believe is the best player in college football. I would have to agree with them on that. Texas is favored by four points in this game, coming off that disappointing loss in the Red River shootout against Oklahoma where Caleb Williams came on as a freshman quarterback to score 25 points in the fourth quarter after Texas had built a 28-7 lead early in that game. Disappointing loss for Texas, and the letdown is right there in ready and waiting because, as we know, college football, one of the more emotionally driven sports on the planet. The, the mindset of the players is paramount to the outcomes of games. Now, in this game... Oklahoma State features a good defense, but interestingly enough, their offense has not been great this year. It's not one of the top-ranked offenses like we're used to seeing. And although they are, they're they're not you know terrible on offense, um, but they've been really inconsistent. And I think you know Spencer Sanders, who is a a nice quarterback, but he's not used to what it's, it's not what we're used to seeing out of Mike Gundy and his quarterbacks. He doesn't sling the ball down the field. Uh, you know, he had, he had uh, you know, three interceptions against Baylor last week and only 180 yards passing. Um, you know, his he's only had he's only got 780 yards passing on the season when all the top passers are up well up over 1,000 now. So it's a different kind of Oklahoma State team than what we're used to. They do have the 11th best rushing defense in the country, which is going to pose well against that rushing attack of the Longhorns. However, I just don't think Oklahoma State can score with Texas. Yes, the defense will limit the horns somewhat, but I think even on a bad day, this Texas offense still scores 24 points, and if they get a break, if Oklahoma State turns the ball over or get a special teams play, you know, Texas has the, the athletes to make those, you know, to, to cash those in immediately. So I think the Texas Longhorns will still score somewhere around 30 points in this game, which is way too many for Oklahoma State's offense to, to score because they just haven't proven year uh, you know all year that they can score that many points. So Texas is favored by four. The over-under in this game is 60. 
Um, I'm not going to play the, the over-under in this one, but I do like Texas minus four in this game. Give me the Longhorns 31, the Cowboys 23. So I like Texas just to outscore. I just don't think Oklahoma State can score with them. Uh, and that's, that's basically it in a nutshell. My next game is a game where another potential for letdown is there as number 19 BYU heads into Waco to take on the Baylor Bears. Baylor is favored by six in this game, which is, a, in my opinion, that's, that's a huge number. In some markets, it's six and a half. Just not great. Now, Jaron Hall is going to be returning to the field for BYU after hurting, getting hurt in the, uh, in the ASU game. They, they banged up his ribs uh, pretty good in that game. And the Nakua brothers, Sampson and Puka Nakua, have returned to the uh, to the receiving field. I think that's going to give, obviously, it's going to give Jaron Hall more targets to go after than what we saw when we played them early on in the season, right? In week one, you know, Gunnar Romney goes out in the, the first quarter of that game and left them with basically nobody to throw the football to. And they had to really vanilla up the offense uh, against the Wildcats. In this particular situation, you know, Jerry Bohannon was so good in Baylor's win over West Virginia. Uh, he threw for 336 yards, four touchdown passes. And West Virginia at the time, we were talking about them as having one of the better defenses in college football. They had just held Oklahoma under 20 points, and Oklahoma couldn't hardly move the ball against them. Um, so it's been, you know, it, it's, it's been an interesting season for West Virginia, but Baylor really just kind of put it on them. Um, look, Baylor has taken some big strides this season. The offense has gotten better. And the Bears are still, they still have that potential for big plays. But look, BYU just does not get blown out. Like, they don't. And going on the road is going to be difficult. Uh, they, they, have, they have difficulty finishing drives, much like we saw in the game against Arizona and you know, like we've seen all year long. If you've been watching some BYU football, They've been a team that's had some trouble finishing drives, especially in the red zone, getting you know settling for three when they should be getting seven. So I like BYU to keep it close, but I still think Baylor is somehow going to win this football game. I just think BYU got exposed a little bit. I don't think they played as well as a, of a team last week against Boise State. They just didn't. They played like a bunch of individuals, which is bad. Uh, you know, bad optics for Kalani Sataki and his coaching staff, they need to rein that in and get those guys playing as a, as a unit of 11. I like Baylor in this game, 24-20, but they're favored by six. So my pick is BYU plus six because BYU doesn't get blown out. They won't get blown out. They're not going to get blown out. They're going to keep the game close, but I still think Baylor wins the game 24-20. My next matchup is uh, where College Game Day is going to be, ESPN College Game Day heading once again for the second time in 3 weeks which i always find ridiculous i don't i go like go else go somewhere else like go you know go to cincinnati or something like i don't understand why you would go back to athens georgia for the second time in 3 weeks to go see the number 1 team in the country georgia take on the wildcats of kentucky georgia is favored by 20 this is one of those weird lines you, you don't see very often you only see these kinds of lines in college football georgia is favored by 22 and a half right now. According to FanDuel, it's 22 and a half. The over-under is 44 and a half. Those numbers are extremely close. So take from that what you will, okay? And I'll tell you why I think that's important here coming up in just a moment. Now, the questions do remain. 
Who's going to be playing quarterback for Georgia? Is it JT Daniels? Is it Stetson Bennett who has played extremely well in replacement? And remember, Stetson Bennett was a walk-on who then went and played Juco ball and then came back to Georgia. Very weird road for Stetson Bennett. However, he's averaged 12 yards per attempt this season and has given them some explosive looks in the passing game. Kentucky, on the other side, has to somehow find a way to solve the riddle that is Georgia's defense because to say that it's been one of the best that we've seen in a long time is an understatement. And I think it will get tested somewhat this week. Kentucky is a nice story. They, you know, Mark Stoops has done a really nice job. He did it through the transfer portal this year. They weren't their 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 recruiting class wasn't as good as they had hoped. So the 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 transfer portal has been the real saving grace for this particular uh, this particular iteration of Kentucky football. So I don't know if I if I believe everything that I'm seeing. You know. They beat Monroe, who's terrible this year. They are absolutely awful. I feel bad. I, sh- I should say I feel bad for Rich Rod, but I don't. They beat a Missouri team who gives up a million yards a game. Then they played Chattanooga. Okay, whatever. Then they barely beat South Carolina, a game they could barely move the ball. But then they showed up against Florida. They beat Florida 20-13 to in a game where Florida, I think, had 16 penalties. They had eight false start penalties in that game. You thought Arizona's performance last week against UCLA was bad. Florida and Dan Mullen had to be beside themselves watching the film of that loss to Kentucky. And then last week, they doubled up LSU. So obviously, Kentucky riding a wave of confidence. But now they got to travel to Athens, Georgia, between the hedges. I've been into that stadium. I've seen a game there. The fans are rabid. When I was there, the team wasn't even – they weren't even ranked. They were, they were just outside the top 25, and a highly ranked Tennessee team went in there and whooped up on them. And the fans were still absolutely berserk, insane, nuts, loud. It, it's, it's, a, it's a daunting uh, facility to go into and play against. But the pinch here – is the difference between the spread and the over-under. 22.5 point spread, but a 44.5 point over-under. It doesn't make sense. I love Georgia in this game, and I know Georgia's going to win. I, there are some people that are calling the upset. I don't think there's any way in hell that happens. Uh, if, if Kentucky wins, expect to see flying pigs and snowballs rolling up from the under depths of the, uh, of, of the pit of hell. Because it just it's just not going to happen. Kentucky is not that good, and Georgia is that good. However, the pinch here, the difference between the spread and the over-under, makes me pick Kentucky plus 22.5. So I'll take Georgia 31, Kentucky 13. I think somehow they luck into a couple of scores there, which is an 18-point difference, which, of course, Kentucky will cover the spread of plus 22.5. So there you go. Give me Kentucky plus 22.5. My fourth game here is uh, going to be a, a complete opposite of the one we just talked about. An over-under game in college football of 44 points is rare. Ole Miss, the number 13-ranked team in the country, heading down to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. Both of these teams have scored seemingly a million points this season. Tons and tons of yardage racked up. Now, in this particular situation, Ole Miss is favored by 2.5. The over-under, folks is 83, 83. <laughs> that's, 
That is a lot of points. Now, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to persuade persuade you either way to go over or under. I'm gonna let you decide on that because I wouldn't touch that over under with a ten foot pole. Tennis. I do know. I do know a couple of things. Tennessee right now, I think they're dead last in the country in time of possession, and it's not because they suck. It's because they explode on people. They have games where they just fling the ball all over the place. They go absolutely nuts. They have scores this year of 96, 89, 87, 81, 80, 78, 75, 72. You see a trend here, folks? They are explosive. Josh Heupel's got them rolling. Equally as explosive is the Ole Miss offense and Matt Corral. Matt Corral showing that he has a full grasp over Lane Kiffin's offense, who's going back to Knoxville for the first time, by the way. That should be fun. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I've seen games in Knoxville. Neyland Stadium is a fun place to watch a game, and uh, those fans are ready for a big upset. They're not going to get it, but they're going to be ready for it regardless. I like Ole Miss minus two and a half in this game. I just don't think Tennessee plays enough plays enough defense, not to mention they're going to be giving the ball back to Matt Corral. Matt Corral might run 100 plays in this game, and if they run 100 plays, they're going to score 63 points. I just It's just going to happen. So here we go. My prediction for the score, Rebels 63, Volunteers 54. I think it will be the highest scoring game in the history of the SEC. That's 117 points, folks. Now, I may be saying this somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I do not believe it is beyond the realm of possibility that the final score of this game is 63-54. to Give me Ole Miss minus 2.5. And finally, we have a Pac-12 matchup here, a pick'em. As number 18, Arizona State heads into Salt Lake to take on the Utes of Utah. It's a pick'em game. The over-under in this game is 51. This is about as evenly matched as you can get. In this day and age of college football, these teams are so strikingly similar, it's scary. It's scary how similar these teams are. Um, I do believe that Utah is more well-coached than Arizona State is, but I believe that Arizona State has better talent than Utah does. So then you have to take into effect the home crowd and the home field advantage. Okay, Of course, that's going to go to Utah. Utah gets the home field advantage. But Arizona State just continues to get better each week. Look, you know what they say, keep your friends closer, uh, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, right? Which is why I continue to watch Arizona State football every single week. You have to know your rival. You have to know your enemy. You need to know them. It's it's important to watch Arizona State football if you're a Wildcat fan. And even though it may be demoralizing at times because they are quite good uh right now especially. They've got tons of talent. The talent really for Arizona State begins in the trenches. Do you know they have the two highest rated tackles in the Pac-12 right now, according to Pro Football Focus? Both of Arizona State's tackles are number one and number two in Pro Football Focus rating of tackles in this conference. That's astounding. Considering how bad that offensive line was four years ago, the rebuild that has gone, that has happened uh, in Tempe is, is nothing short of miraculous. Now, in this day and age where it's hard to recruit to the Pac-12, you know, recruit the big players, Arizona State has found a way to do it. So has Utah. Utah does it differently, though. You know, they, they run grown-ass men out there, right? We've talked about it before we, when we preview Utah games, how 
Utah's defensive line is averaging 23, you know, 23 and a half years of age. They're older than everybody else. They're grown-ass men. Uh, it's, it's difficult to play against them. So this is going to be a really fun matchup in the trenches, and I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I think it comes under the over-under of 51, but just barely, so I'm not going to bet that. But in this particular situation, you have to take the money line because there's no spread. I'm going to take the Sun Devils 26, the Utes 24. I just think that in the end, one of Arizona State's playmakers, whether it's Jaden Daniels, the quarterback, Rashad White, uh, Ricky Pearsall, the wide receiver, somebody in, in that in that area is going to make a play that makes the difference in this game, and that's why I like Arizona State by a hair over the Utah Utes. So there you go, my Friday five right there. I have Texas minus four. I have BYU plus six. I have Kentucky plus 22.5. Ole Miss minus 2.5. And, and the Devils straight up in a pick'em game at Utah. NFL Week 6 is here, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're going to give everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. All you have to do, and trust me, folks, they're a lot of fun, is bet a same-game parlay. They call them the SGPs. You hear them called SGPs, and you'll see the little icon, SGP. If you bet an SGP with three legs or more and your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will back it up with 10 bucks back. It's just that simple. If you're looking for the Cardinals and Browns plays, uh, listen, there's plenty of ways you can go with it, and I'm going to go over this here uh, when we come back because we're going to talk NFL, and that game is definitely on the, uh, on the docket. There's plenty of ways you can build an SGP, and you can start looking at it today. Um, there's lots of SGPs out there that are available, and then, of course, within 24 hours of kickoff, that's when they open up all of them. So explore the markets. Explore what you like. There's going to be plenty of options for you to find an SGP that you like with three legs or more. And one of the great things about FanDuel Sportsbook is the fast payouts. The app is easy to use, and it's safe and secure. And let me trust me, folks, there's no feeling like getting one of those SGPs. It feels great. They pay out really well, and it feels good to walk up to the virtual ticket office and cash that one in. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, that's cool. Sign up today with my promo code DEAN to receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Yes, that's the promo that I extend to you guys. It's the promo code DEAN, my last name, D-E-A-N. Make sure that you type that in when you sign up for the first time so that they know that I sent you. You can get that risk-free $1,000 bet. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay is available for multiple sports in all states and mobile and web. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Coming up next, a full week six NFL preview right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, a little breaking news here in the NFL. Another somewhat big trade, but it involves the Arizona Cardinals as the Philadelphia Eagles have agreed to send three-time Pro Bowl tight end Zach Ertz to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for Tay Gowan, who is a practice uh, practice squad corner and a fifth-round pick in the upcoming 2022 draft, the two teams announced just about eight minutes ago. Arizona, of course, is acquiring Ertz after the loss of uh, Max Williams, a, a player that they've been 
uh, relying on in the last several weeks to get them uh, big plays in the red zone uh, and want to make him a featured part of the offense. Ertz has mentioned that the Cardinals offense is appealing to him in the past. And now he gets to, you know, he gets to play that uh, that little dream of his of playing in an offense where he will get more action. He's up for a contract at the end of this season, so that goes to be, you know, of course needs to be noted. As uh, players in contract years, you always got to look for players in contract years, right? Always got to be looking for them if you're playing fantasy or if you're just watching football games. Uh, if if a player's in a contract year and he's got an opportunity to break the bank, chances are he's going to show out. So. Um, you know, in a contract year, especially after a season where George Kittle and Travis Kelsey broke the bank for tight ends, Zach Ertz may be looking to break his own bank uh, as far as, uh, you know, being an, another high-paid tight end. So this is a situation here. Now, ESPN's Adam Schefter first reported the trade, noting that uh, Ertz is seeking a contract extension but has not discussed a new deal that we know of with the Cardinals before uh, the trade was finalized. So a separation appeared inevitable after multiple reports had cast doubt about his future over the past several months. So the trade saga between Carson Wentz and, you know, the Eagles had, had tried to explore options with Zach Ertz because they had so much dead cap money and things like that. So this is going to allow them to free up some dead cap space to get rid of that. And I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are gearing themselves up. I think they know that their season is over. Um, I don't think that they believe that they're going to head to the playoffs or that they're going to be um, a, a major player. And I also believe that they're just kind of running Jalen Hurts out there to be a lamb to the slaughter. And we've seen it before. We saw Bill Belichick do it with Cam Newton last year. And we've seen teams do it with other players before. And I believe that Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles are throwing Jalen Hurts out there as a lamb to the slaughter because they need to be a big player for a free agent quarterback in the offseason. This is, this is one of those moves that's like, oh, look, it's freeing up dead cap space now because you trade a guy – Essentially, the Cardinals are going to be on the hook. I think I think it's $12.5 million or something they're going to be on the hook for uh, for the remainder of the season with Zach Ertz's, uh, with, with his, uh, with his uh, contract. So, you know, it's not like the Cardinals are getting out of this scot-free. Um, you know, the Eagles took on you know, basically a bag of balls for a productive tight end, a guy who wanted to get out of, out of Philadelphia and is looking for a contract extension. So this works for both parties, and it's going to free up cap space for the Philadelphia Eagles, who are going to be major players in the offseason for a big-time free agent quarterback, whomever that may be. Looking over there at number 12 in Green Bay, maybe they uh, show him some love, say, hey, come in here. We got some. Uh, we got a bunch of cap space. We got a bunch of free agent space. Who would you like to play with? Let's bring in some guys. You want to bring Devontae Adams with you? Yeah, sure, we'll make a trade for him. So I'll give you Devontae Adams and Devontae Smith. You get the Devontae brothers there. Now, that should be fun. <laughs> so Philadelphia going to be making a play. Uh, I'm not surprised by the news. The Cardinals needed a tight end to replace Max Williams. They get themselves another weapon that makes their offense even that much more potent. So this is good for the Arizona Cardinals, and it's good for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a trade that uh, does not surprise me in the least, uh, but that it happened this morning. It's good. I'm glad I was able to actually break some news for you guys here in the morning. You don't get to do that very often here. Happy to be a part of it.
<laughs> I don't, like I said, I don't get it very often, so that's good. Join us for the Tucson Classics Car Show, presented by the Rotary Club of Tucson. It's going to take place Saturday, October 16th. That's tomorrow, in case you didn't know. Uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Gregory School, Gregory School on Craycroft between River and Fort Lowell. There's going to be over 400 beautiful classic cars. I love car shows, by the way. Uh, things of beauty, in my opinion. They'll also be raffling off, and you won't want to miss this, a 2021 C8 Corvette Stingray, which are completely badass. Or they're going to be raffling off $50,000 cash, among other great prizes that the Rotary Club has for you there. It's fun for the whole family. It's great for the community. You can get your tickets and more information at ESPN Tucson. It's the Tucson Classics Car Show presented by the Rotary Club of Tucson. All right, when we return, now a complete breakdown. Now we got this breaking news out of the way with an NFL trade. Now the biggest games of week six in the NFL next on the Jeff Dean Show. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show, my favorite day of the week. Talking all football and getting some picks out there. I did my Friday Five. Hopefully you guys logged those down because, you know, I'm 19 and 15 on the season in my Friday Five picks, but even better, I'm 6-0 and in my NFL Lock of the Week, which is coming up shortly, which you won't want to miss. Some of the biggest games of the week in the NFL. Let's begin with a battle in the NFC North as the Green Bay Packers 4-1 and head to Chicago to take on the Bears, currently sitting at 3-2. and This is a chance for the Bears to draw even with the Packers in that NFC North. Green Bay Packers favored by 5.5. The over-under in this game is 44.5. Now, there's some bad news for the Bears in this particular matchup. The Bears are dead last in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and net yards per attempt. But Khalil Mack has seen a little bit of resurgence as of late. He's got a sack in each of his last four games and has five total on the season. Now, the Packers aren't exactly lighting it up on offense either. They're 20th in the NFL in yards per game, which is surprising, behind the likes of the New York Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're getting barely 100 yards rushing per game. The running game has really not come through for either of those talented tailbacks that they have behind Aaron Rodgers there. But, (laughs) again, the Bears and the Packers, it's a tale as old as time, especially recently. The The Packers have absolutely owned this series recently. I think they've won 19 of the last 26 games that they've played against the Bears. And, look, I'm not going to be making picks here. I'm just telling you what, you know, what the facts are. Um, and I just, I just like, you know, I like Green Bay in this game. I don't think, I don't think either team is all that special, to be honest with you. But the best player on the field is Aaron Rodgers, and I'll go with that. Even on the road, it may be a little bit closer than you think, and I do think it'll be a lower scoring game than people kind of expect. I think maybe like a, like a, you know, twenty three sixteen type of game or something like that. Twenty three seventeen somewhere around there. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game because I don't think either offense is all that great. Aaron Rodgers is great and able to win games for them late in situations where they may not uh, be able to, uh, you know, dominate teams. But neither offense is going to be lighting up the scoreboard. And look, the Bears' defense has been has been pretty good. It hasn't been bad. So um, that's an interesting matchup to watch there. A matchup in Baltimore of two four and one teams right now is the LA Chargers four and one head to the uh, to take on the Ravens who are also four and one. The line in this game, Baltimore is favored by two and a half. So the home team who normally gets three 
Now only getting two and a half. There's that hook in there, that uh, that minus hook, which is kind of interesting to look at. The over-under is 51 and a half. Now, <laughs> you may on the surface say to yourself, oh, my God, this is a bad matchup for the Chargers because the Chargers are dead last in the NFL in run defense. Dead last. And it's not even close. They give up an astounding 158 yards per game, which is 12 more yards than the second-worst team in the league. It's, it's really quite remarkable, actually, just how bad their defense is. Seattle, I think, gives up like 145 a game, something like that. Yeah, 158 yards per game, and they're giving up 5.6 yards per carry against the run. All of a sudden you're like, oh, no, that, that can't be good. The Ravens are one of the greatest rushing teams in the history of the NFL. They just tied the record for most consecutive 100-yard games. But they did not break the record, did they? We didn't hear any talk about the Ravens breaking the Steelers' age-old record of consecutive running games. Because they didn't. In fact, the Ravens have struggled to get to 100 yards rushing in a game recently. They got 116 against the Lions, okay? Which, okay, you, most, people, most teams can line up and get a buck 25 rushing against the Lions. They had their infamous 102 yards against Denver, where they had to run uh, Lamar Jackson around the edge for five yards with four seconds remaining on the clock, which pissed everybody at Denver off, to, to extend that, uh, that streak to uh, what was it, 44 games or 47 games, whatever it was. And they only got 86 rushing yards against the Colts, and that game went to overtime last week. So while people may think that Baltimore is this great running team, in actuality, they're not. They've struggled to get to those 100 yards over the last several weeks. They're only averaging, and they are averaging 149 yards per game. They packed on those early. But teams have started to figure out how to stop that rushing attack of Baltimore. And it's been on the right arm of Lamar Jackson recently. And obviously, previously, you know, in the, in the matchup on Monday night, he showed out. He was absolutely amazing. But Baltimore going to be on a short week. They're playing at home. But on a short week, after an overtime matchup, a very emotional game where they had to come back from 16 down in the fourth quarter and playing a really good Charger team against Justin Herbert, who continues to just dazzle people specifically in, in unique portions of the game. And I'm talking about third and longs, deep red zone plays, okay? Situations where quarterbacks normally fail, he has been succeeding. So I think it's something to look forward to in this particular game. If you're looking to bet uh, Chargers in Baltimore, look, it, it's it's going to be a tight game, and I do think it's going to be very exciting watching these two young quarterbacks go at it. I'm I'm very very much looking forward to that. Also in the AFC, the Las Vegas Raiders heading up to Mile High to take on the Broncos. Both teams at three and two in the AFC West, and the Broncos right now coming off as a three and a half point favorite. That line did shift following the resignation of John Gruden. The over-under in this game is 43-and-a-half. I kind of like the under, to be honest with you. Uh, Denver has played every game really, really tight this year. They started off 3-and-0, of course, and have come back down to, uh, to, to reality. Both teams started off 3-and-0 and have come back down to reality. However, the Raiders have a new head coach, a guy who has never been a head coach before, has been a special teams coordinator his entire career, and they have a new play caller, a guy who Derek Carr is familiar with, but, I mean, let's look at, let's, you know, when you go back to what Derek Carr's performances were 
while Olsen was calling plays for him, uh, it wasn't great. There's a reason why they made that change, because the offense wasn't clicking. And I don't think it'll click this weekend either. Um, it, it's it's going to be, again, we'll have another close game. I kind of like Denver in this game. I like the under, 43-and-a-half. I just don't know if there's a whole lot of scoring to be had in that game. Of course, being said, they'll probably tip off for 60 somewhere. Let's look at this game, too, because I, this one is is interesting to me because you may be seeing, a, I don't want to say a changing of the guard, but you may be seeing a, a true weakness in New England and a, a team that cannot stop the bleeding right now. The Dallas Cowboys head into Foxborough at 4-1 and one to take on the 2-3 and three Patriots. Dallas is coming off as a three-point favorite. The over-under in the game is 50-and-a-half. Now, something may lead you to believe that the Patriots' defense is just merely smoke and mirrors because they, they are fifth in total defense, and they have performed well. And, you know, we're used to seeing Belichick defenses take away the one good thing that the opposing offense does, and they're able to capitalize on that and keep games close. And if they have a great quarterback like they used to, then they can beat teams. However, it's been a struggle as of late with Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback. Fifth in total defense, but last week they allowed Davis Mills and the Houston Texans to throw for 312 yards and three touchdowns against them. Here come the Cowboys. The league's second-best scoring offense, 34 points per game, just behind the Buffalo Bills. Now, the interesting thing about what the Cowboys have done this season in getting those 35, uh, 34 points per game, if you look at the teams they've scored those points against, the Buccaneers, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Panthers, the Giants, okay, now the Giants are garbage, but those other teams are really good. In fact, two of them feature extremely good defenses. So the Cowboys are legit. They may have the best offense in football. They certainly have the best offensive line going right now, uh, as now that they, you know, they're back to health again, the offensive line for the Cowboys is absolutely dominating. Pollard and Zeke are running rampant on teams. I don't think this game is close. I think Dallas runs all over New England, pushes them to 2-4 and four and potentially out of the playoffs this season. Two more games to look at here real quick. Cardinals 5-0, and heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns 3-2. and The Browns are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under in this game is 49. People may say, oh, that's way too low. However, I counter with this. The Cardinals are 31st in the league in rushing defense. They allow 5.4 yards per carry. What do the Cleveland Browns do extremely well? They have the second-best offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. Okay, uh, Their PFF ranking is second in the NFL on offensive line and they just smash the ball. They do an extremely good job of running the football. And their play calling recently has proven to me, at least, that they do not trust Baker Mayfield late in games. I look for Cleveland to control the line of scrimmage in this game with their run game, and I do think Cleveland wins. I think it's going to be a close one, but I don't think we're going to see the shootout that a lot of us are expecting to see. Of course, I say that now, and it'll be 45-42 by the end of the time. Time's expired, so. What do I know? Now, finally, we get to my game that features my lock of the week. I'm 6-0 and so far this season in my lock of the week, and I fully expect to be 7-0, and and we're talking on, on Monday morning here. The Buffalo Bills head down to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Bills at 4-1, and winners of four in a row. Taking on the Tennessee Titans, Bills are favored by 5.5 in this game. The over-unders sit in at five, uh, 53 points. The Bills have the league's number one scoring offense. They're eighth in yards per game 
and the league's number one scoring defense at under 13 points per game. They're number one in yards per game allowed, and they're number three in run defense. The Titans are a one-trick pony. Until Ryan Tannehill can prove that he can find his wide receivers consistently and or those wide receivers can win one-on-one matchups because teams continue to load the box against Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans are going to continue to struggle, and they're going to struggle mightily against the Buffalo Bills. And here is why this is my lock of the week. Listen closely. The Buffalo Bills, in their last 16 games, are 13-3 and against the spread, and they're 6-1 and against the spread on the road. Folks, it's a lock. I call it the NFL lock of the week for a reason. Give me Buffalo. Oh, a big O. Lots of points in Tennessee. 34. Titans, 20. The Bills in a blowout. My NFL lock of the week, Bills minus 5.5. So there you go. Should be 7-0 and when we're talking on Monday morning. Love the Bills in this game against Tennessee in a rout. All right. When we come back, we'll put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. You know, I just gave you my NFL lock of the week, and I realize it's the Monday night game. I don't normally do that, so I'm going to offer a different pick as a Sunday lock for you guys. So I kept saying Monday morning. I meant Tuesday morning. I'm off because we were Tuesday. Whatever. Regardless of that, the Monday night game is going to be a great game for you to get on FanDuel Sportsbook and lock in an SGP because they're going to give you a risk-free $10 bet. If it's risk-free, it's for me. <laughs> That's what I say. And you can get up to 10 bucks back if your same-game parlay bet with three legs or more doesn't win. So go ahead. Put it together. Let's do Bill's money line. Like I said, it's a lock. Do Josh Allen over the passing yards. Do the over total points. Hell, why not? My buddy just texted me. He's like, I think the Bills might score the over by themselves. It's possible. Tennessee's terrible. Look for the SGP icons so you know which markets are available. But you've got tons of options here, folks, to have some fun with this one and play with and uh, cash in that SGP. And it feels oh so good when you do so. Trust me. I love it. And if you don't, you get 10 bucks back. So it's all good. It's fast payout time for 24 hours, uh, less than 24 hours payouts time, which is great. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. There's lots of reasons why FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, that's even better because you can sign up with my promo code, DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, and also receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. So sign up with the promo code DEAN to the know that I sent you. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. The same game parlay is available at multiple sports in all states and mobile and web. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. All right. Now, listen, I said it earlier in the week, so I'm going to offer you another lock. Let's do this. I'm going to go on the left. La- I'm really going to put my record on the limb here. 6-0 and in my locks of the week so far. I'm going to put it on the, I'll go out on the limb here. I'm going to give you another one. A second lock of the week. I said it earlier in the week. Dan Campbell crying in the press conference was going to motivate his players to go out there and play even harder for him. And the Detroit Lions have been in situations that have they've lost games where you're just like, what? 
What just happened? How did they lose that game? Well, now they're playing at home, the 0-5 Lions, and they're going to be hosting the 3-2 and Cincinnati Bengals who come in very proud of themselves with Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and feeling good. Bengals are favored by 3.5 points. Give me the Lions plus 3.5. That's right. I'm taking the Lions plus 3.5. Book it. NFL lock of the week number two right there. The Lions plus 3.5 at home against the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals. I know some people that are not going to like me for saying that. All right. That's it, folks. We're out of time. Damn it. Not enough. Thanks to Mary back in studio for all her hard work on the show each and every day here on the Jeff Dean Show. We appreciate it. And, uh, of course, stay tuned for Spears and Ali later this afternoon from 3 to 6 every afternoon, weekday afternoon here on ESPN Tucson. And I will see you guys again to Monday morning, 7 a.m. Enjoy your football weekend. We'll see you here Monday morning on the Jeff Dean Show, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show.